0: From the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Craig Sauer, senior editor for CUNA's Credit Union Magazine. Today's guest is Jeffrey Downs, regional practice leader with Franklin Covey. He will speak about the four disciplines of execution at this year's CUNA CEO Council Conference in October. As a leader in the four disciplines practice, Downs works with organizations and individuals to execute on their most important goals. To start the conversation, I asked Downs to pitch credit union leaders on the reasons they should attend his keynote address.
1: If you look at all business leaders, one of the things that they struggle with most is translating strategy into execution. And what we've studied over the last five years is how to effectively take strategy and translate it into the fewest number of executable targets, and that any leader who attends the conference, the keynote, whatever it is will learn not only the principles but also the system necessary to get frontline individuals or frontline employees executing on a top line strategy.
0: So what's like the most important thing a credit union leader can do to like reach
1: their business goals in in that regard? There's, and this is really one of the things we talk about quite significantly, is the principles of execution, and they're based on four things, focus, leverage, engagement, and accountability. And so if I'm a credit union leader, There are 10, 12, 15 different priorities on which I want to execute, and the first principle or the first discipline of execution is narrowing the focus to one significant thing that's going to make a large impact in the organization. And so for a leader to avoid really the temptation to have five or six different objectives and to look at it and say, we are going to execute on one objective and ensure that we have transformational success on it
0: so that really requires somebody to have the ability to say no to things uh, that's and i know a lot of people don't like to say no i can't i don't i can't spend my time on this or a no i can't uh help you with this um that's kind of against a lot of credit union people's desire to help people uh that's what they, you know they're in the business for but uh you think that's a really important trait to develop uh, a, a willingness to say no
1: There's two things that a leader requires as far as being able to successfully execute. And one of them is the courage to say no. And sometimes you can soften it and say not yet, which is sometimes applicable to leaders. And the the second thing in the ability to say no is to recognize that when you say yes to everything and accomplish very little, that's more demotivating and decreases morale than saying yes to one or two things and absolutely getting them done. And that's one of the things that, you know, in the the, whether it be the credit union world or any really business leader or leader across any type of industry or organization, saying no is not uh, diminishing morale. It's saying yes to everything and doing very few of those things that diminishes morale. It's the saying no and then saying yes to the one thing that increases morale when you get that thing done and it makes a difference.
0: So, how do you figure out what what your areas of focus are? like how do you develop a a plan for figuring that out when you got twenty different things that you could potentially put your focus in? How do you decide what are the you know one, two, three, four things that you're gonna focus on?
1: We were working with uh, Eli Lilly, and the president of Eli L- Lilly's name is Alex Azar, uh, at least at the time. I don't know quite where Alex is today, but Alex Azar at the time, he asked us a similar question in the sense of saying, you know, I've got a board of directors that expects several things to move, and if I go back and tell them I'm going to make one thing move, they're going to fire me, and I'm going to fire you first. So we've got to figure this out as far as what you mean when you say that I've got to focus it on one thing. And that's what we. And when he asked us that, we developed a model called the strategy map, which really helps to delineate what is the one thing that you want to wrap an extreme amount of, of focus around, knowing that. There's going to be a whirlwind of activity that's necessary to keep the business alive and moving forward. We call that the life support of the organization. And there's also going to be investments and return on investments that I'm going to be looking at, or what we call stroke of the pen type strategies that are going to be necessary to continue moving us forward. And then there's going to be one or two things that we want to focus individuals in the organization around, and that is what we call behavior alignment. So I'm looking looking for a result out of the aligning of particular behavior and by getting, you know, if I have a credit union of 400 or 500 employees or even larger, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 employees, I'm going to get as many of those people as possible wrapped around one goal to make a transformative difference by leveraging their behavior. That's how you start to decide what you want to do and as far as put the focus around. And that's where, honestly, the the disciplines of execution or what we call the four disciplines of execution come into being.
0: Yeah. Could you uh, elaborate a little bit on your, your four disciplines of execution uh, and you know, what that, what that's all about?
1: Absolutely. So in the, in the four disciplines of execution, they're based on the four principles, focus, leverage, engagement, and accountability, and they are an operating system to align people. So discipline one is focus on the wildly important. Sounds trite. But really what it is, is narrowing the focus in a, in a finish line fashion that allows you to get, uh, to a goal that's going to make a difference to, it could be top line, could be profit, could be any of those areas. The second discipline is act on lead measures. And when I'm acting on lead measures, but, and this is really where the secret sauce in execution is is no matter what, I've got a wildly important goal out there, or what we call a lag measure, and let me just put it in very simple terms. If I have a wildly important goal to lose weight, and I've set that up, then a lead measure would be diet and exercise. In other words, it's the activity necessary to get the lag measure. There's all kinds of different lead measures that are out there. The difficult part is they're hard to measure. It's not something that I can do real easily, but it's necessary in order to execute. With disciplines one and two in place, that leads to discipline three, which is to keep a compelling scoreboard. And a scoreboard is all about the team keeping score on their lag and lead measures. When people keep score they are more engaged in the game. And discipline four is about how you play the game. And the and discipline four really is making one or two weekly commitments to a team of people, and everyone on the team makes these commitments, that is creating a cadence of accountability. So discipline four's name is to actually create a cadence of accountability. Three is keep a compelling scoreboard. All of those disciplines together help to focus the behavior and align the behavior of an organization, such that they accomplish that wildly important goal.
0: So I know things don't always go according to plan when you're trying to implement a strategy or uh, you know execute a strategy. So what are what are some of the common things that get in the way uh, when somebody's trying to you know even follow these four things, these four disciplines?
1: Yeah, what we've found is that there's one major culprit. You can ask a whole bunch of questions. And, in fact, we started out with a survey of 300,000 individuals asking them a a lot of questions. One of the questions was, you know, can you name your organization's top strategic goal? And of the 300,000 individuals that answered this, 50% 50% of them, five zero percent of them said, yes, we can name our organization's top strategic goal. And then we asked the next question, what is it? And of the 50% that said they could name it, only 7% could really come up with a name. And we gave it to them even if they got one word right. And so what this indicated to us is that there is, is noise in the system that happens from the top strategy-making and goal-setting leadership team to the front line. And we we determined to look at what is the noise, what is the problem here. And of all the things that are named, could be focus, could be accountability, could be follow-through, could be translation. In other words, what I understand from my position, how you want me to be, I, I, I need to translate that. Any of these things could be the culprit. But we found that the number one thing that knocks all goals and strategies off is what we call the whirlwind. And the whirlwind is the day-to-day job that requires you time, energy, and effort, and it's the urgent things that need to be done. And that is always knocking off the things that are important for improvement. The urgent things are important as well, but they have their own momentum. And so when you have those urgent things putting in place, it really puts behind what is uh, important, but not necessarily or inherently urgent.
0: So when you have 20 different goals and you're trying to whittle them down, you know, I imagine when, you know, other, other leaders in your organization might not necessarily agree with the top five that you come up with, and maybe the frontline might not agree with the top five that you come up with. Um, how do you influence and engage the rest of your organization uh, to get them on board with the, the things that you determine are the most important?
1: In discipline one, there's four rules that govern discipline number one. Rule number one is that there's only one wildly important goal per person or team. So you can imagine now what that does as far as the relief of a front line to have actually this one wildly important goal, that first of all gets engagement. The second rule of discipline number one is that the battles have to win the war. Now what that means is that if there, you know, as you look at an organizational goal, that's going to be a little bit uh, broader, even though it's narrowed. There's still organizational interpretation, so I need to deconstruct that goal in such a way that it applies to each of the different functions. So, so as you look at functional roles and responsibilities each of those functions is going to have a battle to fight in order to win the overall war. Well, here's the key in getting organizational buy-in and also buy-in from the others, is in rule number three of discipline number one, the rule states you can veto but not dictate. What that's referring to is that allowing the front-line leaders and front-line teams to determine What their team wig or their team wildly important goal will be in order to win the battle allows them the opportunity to have ownership and buy-in, and they have the relief that I'm not going to be expected to do three or four or five different goals. I'm going to do one goal with absolute precision, and my team is going to make commitments toward that. That buy-in is significant. And the fourth rule of discipline number one is every goal has to have a gap and we define that gap X to Y by win. When you have X to Y by win, that does something for the individuals in the organization. And what that is, is it's the game on switch because I'm either going to win or I'm going to lose. We're going to give you a focus and a finish line. And it's got to be X to Y by win. And when I When you have that focus and finish line, now we are talking about the game on switch and everyone, no matter who they are, has that game on switch. And when they've decided and ratified what it is that they get to do, that creates the ownership that you're really looking for in any organization.
0: So since you're talking about focus a lot to to, to leaders and you're out talking at conferences, I'm wondering if you've thought about how to apply this just to your own personal life. Have you been able to... Um, use the the four disciplines uh, to execute something just personally? I'm, you know, just curious outside of work.
1: Absolutely. In fact, <laughs> so when I got started with Franklin Covey about seven years ago, um, one of the things that I did was in in really working with and learning the four disciplines of execution. So before this, just a little quick brief history. I was a business owner. I had three businesses. I sold uh, I sold one of them, the other two are still going on, but uh, I have no material involvement in those anymore, but sold, and in all three of them, I saw these principles, focus, leverage, engagement, and accountability, and so when I saw Franklin Covey's four disciplines of execution, that really helped me to understand exactly what it was that I was acting on. So what I did is I took those four, the four disciplines and I brought it into my family, and have have taught my children about the four disciplines of execution and everything else. And in fact, my wife uh, took the four disciplines to heart, and she got published in the book um, in having in having our seventh child. <laughs> she had a wildly important goal to stay within a certain weight, and she put together a couple of lead measures of how she was going to accomplish that. And there's her story is actually in the book of what she did to apply it personally. We've also gone on to have a family wildly important goal of we, we had a reading goal that we were going to read a certain number of books, actually 200 books as a family, within a year. And we had lead measures put around that as well. And I've seen several other, my not only my our family and myself personally, but also others who have applied it personally as well.
0: So the kids don't roll their eyes at you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting is in the first couple of so in Vista number four, you have a WIG meeting every week. So it's called a WIG meeting, and this WIG meeting is 15 minutes long. And in that WIG meeting, everyone is making a, a personal commitment on what they're going to do in the next week to move the lead measures or to impact the overall scoreboard. Well, my kids, we really we'd meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock for 15 minutes, and we'd all make a commitment, and it actually got to be a lot of fun. At first, it was a little bit like pulling teeth, but then afterward, we had a lot of fun keeping score and seeing where everyone was and really enjoying the whole thing. So <laughs> it was quite motivational. It was fun.
0: <laughs> After credit union leaders attend your session, what what do you want them to walk away with um, as they, they leave the session and then go back to their credit unions?
1: They will walk away with... Uh, with really three things. One, they will walk away with an understanding of what prevents execution. Two, what they can do to implement a system and an operating system, a tactical operating system that allows them to execute. And three, what implementation looks like in a credit union, how how they can actually implement a system like this in their credit union. They'll walk away with those three things.
0: Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And you can connect with me on Twitter
1: at CUNACraig.